Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Today on CityCast Boise, Californians have been flocking to the gem state for years, but does anyone still believe that they're making Idaho more liberal? Idaho Statesman reporter Rachel Spachek is here to dive into some data about new Idahoans' political affiliations and give us an update on the mess of lawsuits at the Boise Police Department. Plus, we look at how and why Ada County co-signed an affordable housing initiative with the city of Boise. It's Friday, December 1st. I'm Blake Hunter, and this is what Boise's talking about. Hey, Rachel, welcome back to CityCast Boise. Thanks for having me. I want to do a a bit of a deep dive into an article that you wrote this week about the McKinney Project, which is a 250-apartment complex off of Fairview and Cole on the West Bench. And specifically, what you wrote about it is how the city of Boise and the Ada County commissioners teamed up on this when they, you know, they have different approaches to housing and different kind of philosophies about it. So what can you tell us about this story? Yeah, so um, I think people generally know that city of Boise has been really conscious the last few years about um, its role in providing affordable housing for people. And the Ada County commissioners, um, which are all three of them are Republicans, so that might play a role in their ideology Mm -hmm. around affordable housing. But they kind of have a more conservative approach to it. Um, I think they are a bit hesitant on um, longer term affordable housing. You know, like they kind of want people to get out of homelessness for maybe a year and then get out on your own and start paying like rent on the private market. So it was really interesting to see them come together on this affordable housing project. So the way that it happened is, um, I think, it's common knowledge. People know that the federal government during COVID had all of this, um, gave all of this money to um, counties for um, emergency rental assistance. And the county used that as um, just rental assistance for people. You could apply for it and it would cover up to 15 or maybe 18 months um, of your rent if you qualified. And there's 25% of that funding left and the county can use that to go toward affordable housing. And that is basically why they're partnering with, partnering with the city because they have this federal money and now they're giving it to the city to use on this McKinney project. Right. So it's not like the, you know, Ada County collected this money from taxes and they're deciding to use it like this. They, they have this money from the federal government that is stamped specifically for helping with affordable housing. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Gotcha. And then um, you mentioned a little bit about like their the differences in their ideological approaches. And I thought that you made a good, very good distinction for people to keep in mind, which is like the city of Boise's approach to it is that you know, they've talked to a lot of people and, uh, you know, they've seen a lot of research that says that 
the reason that people are having a hard time keeping, you know, being able to rent a place or um, afford homes, et cetera, is just a, a lack of affordable housing versus Ada County has an approach of essentially saying that a lot of the problem is uh, mental health and like other struggles like that and essentially kind of pointing back to the individual. And so how did you see them coming together uh, and how did they kind of cross paths in that way? Like, how do you, how do you think that they put their heads together for this? Um, so I think it's really important for, um, like you said, to say that this money is from the federal government because Ada County, the commissioners, um, pulled some funding for all our path home, which is kind of a collaboration between City of Boise and some private folks, which um, it houses people who are chronically homeless and has um, other supportive services. And the county is a little bit more hesitant to put county funds toward that kind of resource. So I think it is it does play into this that it was federal money that the county actually did have to use for this pretty much. So I think that spurred them to um, obviously use it. And then I think there was a time crunch in the county's, you know, timeline. Like they didn't feel like they could do their own project in the timeline that the federal government allotted for this money. And City of Boise had already purchased the two acres off Fairview at McKinney and were looking for developers to um, lease that land and build an affordable housing building. So the county just kind of like jumped on top of that. And obviously the city was really happy about that because they always need resources for um, yeah funding affordable housing. So... I think those are all of the factors that played into it. Okay. But it's interesting that you mentioned the time crunch because I'm thinking back to a few months ago when Ada County essentially dropped, you know, providing temporary shelter in the Red Line Hotel downtown for people who are unhoused because of overfill at Interfaith and other shelters. And then the city of Boise uh, stepped in to start covering kind of stopgap funding there. Um, so it's interesting that you mentioned that time crunch because that hadn't that wasn't a piece that I had kind of put together. But the other part that you mentioned is that this this kind of contributes to the city's like five year goal of building 1,250 affordable housing units, which is considered at you know 60 percent of the area median income. So that will be 200 out of 250 of these uh, apartments at the. McKinney Project will go to that, and then it will also dedicate 10% of those units to people specifically exiting homelessness through Our Path Home, which is 25, you know, 25 of those units. And um, the city has a goal of dedicating 250 total new housing units to people exiting homelessness through Our, Our Path Home. So 10% of the way there for that. And then they do have a developer online for this, right, that's going to lease this property and actually build the rest and cover the rest of the funding. Yes, they do. It's a developer from Utah, Jay Fisher Companies, who is also building the affordable housing complex at Franklin and Orchard. Maybe people have driven oh, by yeah. that. Yes, that's really close to my house. So I'm kind of been watching that. So um, they are kind of seem to be interested in the affordable housing space um, in Boise. And also yeah. one thing to mention um that the city and now the developer is doing, the city has this program where it leases the land that it owns to a developer for a really low cost so that 
hopefully incentivizes the developer to actually build affordable housing because I right. it, in my job I talk to a lot of developers and if you're for profit it's really hard to make a profit when you are trying to house low income folks so I think that's a good city partnership um with developers to try to like you know incentivize this building the public private partnership aspect of of solving Boise's housing uh, issues has been like such a big talking point over the last few years. So this is, yeah, seems to be kind of like a banner example of what the city and to some extent what the Ada County commissioners are also trying to do. The Secretary of State uh, office just put out this new whole data set, including a visualization tool that allows you to see political affiliation of people who have moved to Boise or to Idaho generally um, in the last several years. And it kind of further dispels this myth that Californians are moving to Idaho and making it more liberal, although I'm not sure who's buying that anymore, to be honest. I feel like that was that maybe expired in 2020. But I love this. I mean, what do you, what did you think looking at this? Were there any things that stood out to you um, kind of poking around on this map? I think similar to what you just said. So I'm from California originally. My out myself, but um, I no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that I have been hearing, like from my family who still lives in California, or from some smaller town mayors. Like the Star Mayor a year ago basically told me that they've gotten a ton of new residents from California, but they all are really conservative and are supportive of kind of the during COVID, like the no mat, like they didn't want to wear masks. Yeah. They didn't like the government shutdowns. So mm -hmm. um, he was seeing that um, influx of people moving here. And I think in California, you know, you hear stories. My parents tell stories of people they know who've moved to Idaho to leave California because it's, um, you know, more liberal than they are comfortable with. So I think it just kind of reinforces it's always nice to see data like reinforce the anecdotal stuff right, I've been yeah. hearing from, yeah, from sources and just people in general. So I think um, it wasn't a huge surprise, but yeah, maybe this will hopefully trend in the direction of people not assuming that everyone from California is coming to like, yeah, turn the state blue. Yeah. And it's just, it makes, it creates such a problem where there just isn't a problem, I feel like, in a lot of political rhetoric. And I, I will say, I mean, I know that, I also know some people who are like, you know, my family moved here from California because they are Republican or, you know, a lot of it is just like that they could, they could buy a, a home, you know, out in, yeah, out in Star or out in Eagle, whereas, you know, they weren't able to do that in California, but then they move here and they're like, oh, actually, I'm an Idaho Democrat kind of thing. But I also, I don't think that that's, I, I don't know what the ratio of, of people who are in that situation are, but I, I don't think that it's very high. Uh, I do, I thought that it was really funny um, that, however, the one singular state uh, that, is actually importing more Democrats to, to Idaho than Republicans is Vermont. Uh, and it, it, uh, 60 unaffiliated voters, 51 Democrats, and 50 Republican voters moved from Vermont to Idaho. And I think that's so funny. And I, of course, it's Vermont. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> also, to um, add to this, Obviously, we're like kind of concentrated on the California thing, but also in general, Republicans 
were moving from other states to Idaho. So besides yeah. Vermont, like most other, aside from California, other states um, have Republicans moving here. So it's not, yeah, there's not kind of like this influx of Democrats. Okay, now we're going to move on to some more City of Boise specific stuff that I know you've been keeping an eye on. Seems like everybody's been keeping an eye on it um, for several years at this point. So former police chief Ryan Lee and uh, Sergeant Police Sergeant uh, Kirk Rush have these lawsuits against each other stemming from an uh, incident two years ago in November. And Lee is not here anymore. He was asked to resign. And R- Rush is still on the force but was injured by Lee in a meeting. There's there's so much background information to this. And it all connects to so many, so many big projects. But what happened this week specifically? There were two kind of conflicting lawsuits. Rush had sued Lee because of this um, training incident that he says Lee hurt his neck in, um, this training exercise. So he has a lawsuit against Lee. And then Lee had a lawsuit against Rush because Lee said in that neck situation that Rush unfairly tried to um, derail his career and get him fired. And so that that was kind of where we were at before this week. And then this week, um, we learned that Lee's um, attorneys uh, dismissed their lawsuit. Um, they filed a motion to dismiss and then the judge accepted it. So um, Lee is no longer suing um, Rush for the career derailment. Uh, I talked to Lee's attorney um, by phone and he wanted to reiterate to me that the lawsuit was dismissed without prejudice, which means that Lee could refile the lawsuit or, you know, file new accusations in the lawsuit. And um, when I just flat out asked if this was the end or not, um, his attorney said it it might not be the end. So, you know, this is a development, but maybe not the end of this Lee stuff. Almost easier to file a completely new lawsuit with all of this new information that has come out since Lee, like, first officially filed this lawsuit. So than it is to, you know, tack on other allegations and accusations onto an existing lawsuit. So we'll see if this comes back. But I was kind of surprised by this. I mean, what what was your sense of what led to him withdrawing this lawsuit? Because I, you know, this really just seemed like a bitter back and forth between them that was just going to kind of stretch on for a really long time. Do you know what happened? It basically is what you said. Um, His attorney said that a lot more information came out. You know, I think they got more information from the city and maybe Rush had disclosed more information as the lawsuit was continuing. So I think um, to your point, they just got more information and kind of want to digest it and see Um, what maybe they can do um, for next steps. So um, I think that that's at least one of the major factors that the attorney was willing to tell me. Okay, we're going to pivot out to Eagle, uh, where Mayor Jason Pierce and City Council President Brad Pike are going head-to-head in a runoff election for mayor. There were four candidates for mayor back in the general election, and so none of them was able to win 50% plus one of the vote. And so now it's just the two of them. And things have gotten a little bit messy. I haven't been following it super closely. And Rachel, I know you haven't been as like super, super on top of it. But where where do you want to point people to go to learn more about this? Yeah, I would recommend people visit Boise Dev. Margaret Carmel just wrote a big piece um, 
digging into the controversy between the two candidates. And I think there was um, some there have been some social media accusations and maybe a debate that didn't work out. So, um, yeah, I would point everyone to over there. Uh, She's doing great coverage. And obviously on election night, part two on Tuesday, (laughs) the statesman is going to have, um, you know, the results. So I'll point people back to the statesman for that. For sure. Okay. Wrapping up, we're heading into the first real weekend of winter. There's snow outside. What are you doing to celebrate? Are you a winter girly? I am kind of a winter girly. I'm like, I, I'm really into snowboarding, so I do a little bit of okay. that. But this weird period when we haven't seen like a lot of snow yet, but it's still super, super cold. Yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of this period. It really has that like bitter cold in the yeah. air feel. And I'm like, what are we doing? I don't, yeah, I don't care for it much either. I've got like one last... Friendsgiving gathering this weekend, which will be fun. But other than that, I feel like I'm kind of trying to prepare for the winter. I'm going to be reading a lot, kind of like rearranging things in my apartment um, and just taking it easy. Or Do you have any plans this weekend? Um, I'm probably in the same boat. Um, tomorrow I am going to see a play with my friend. It's called Hades Town, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. So yep. my friend was really excited about it. I don't really know that much Greek mythology type stuff, I think. So I'm really excited about that. It's kind of like a good outing because it's like similar to going to the movies where you can like get on your big coats and just kind of sit there sit for yeah. like <laughs> a long time in in a heated areas. Yeah. And this week, I mean, this weekend is going to be, it's going to be a tough one. There's going to be snow. There's going to be a lot of rain. And then it might just keep raining through like Wednesday, which when it, when it's this cold, I would rather it just be snowing than raining because yeah. it's just, yeah. But I mean, I'm sure that it'll be snowing up at Bogus. So, you know, you'll, you'll be happy. Yeah, I'll be happy. But um, yeah, I agree. Like I'd rather just it being snowing. Even during, I think, a couple weekends ago, it was raining, and yeah. I just was like, just snow. Like, it's just so much already. prettier. <laughs> I know, yeah. It really is so pretty in Boise when it snows, so I'm excited for that to be happening. Okay, well, Rachel, I hope you have a great weekend, and as always, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Blake. You too. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. The show is produced by Evelyn Avitia and Grant Irving. I'm Blake Hunter, and I write our Hey Boise newsletter. Our music is by Up Is The Down Is The. If you enjoyed our show, leave us a review. It helps other people find us. We'll be back on Tuesday with the Holiday Gift Guide. See you later. <laughs>